0: We cleared this land, we plowed it, sowed it, and harvested. We cooked the harvest. It wouldn't be here, we wouldn't be eating it if we hadn't done it all ourselves. We worked dog bone hard for every crumb and morsel, but we thank you just the same anyway, Lord, for this food we're about to eat. Amen. Jimmy Stewart with that unblessing that he gives over the meal. (laughs) God, we wouldn't have it if we hadn't done all the work, but thank you just the same. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, three real short verses, verse 16, 17, and 18, I want to read those to you. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It was a really great day in the Bailey family household. Um, dad had just gotten a promotion I mean a really big promotion at work and the family had gathered around the, the dinner table and they were going to sort of celebrate it under dad's chair was this box and it had gifts in it and of course everybody was, was excited because it looked like dad's promotion which was financial was going to actually help the whole family out especially tonight the dinner was real light hearted, relaxed everybody was having a good time Uh, The food was finally devoured, and in this household there were three teenage boys, so you can imagine how quickly the food was devoured. Dad sat back and said, boys, I have a little gift that I want to give to you as a token of celebration of my promotion at work, and you as my family are part of it, and I want to give you this gift. just sounds incredible, doesn't it? Just sounds super. Jerry, you probably did that with your three boys, didn't you? <laughs> Dad uh, reached in the box and began passing out the presents. He gave three presents, one to each of the boys. It was like it was Christmas morning or something. And the packages were all exactly the same size, rather thin, and rather small. Uh, But you couldn't tell what was inside. And so each one of the boys just ripped into the package and you could have cut the atmosphere with a knife. Inside each of the little boxes, thin boxes, was exactly the same thing. It was a yellow notebook pad. You know, just a yellow pad. They're cheap. And a lead pencil. The whole thing cost about 35 cents. For each kid. On that yellow pad was printed very neatly a list of all the character qualities that those boys were going to need to be successful in life. Just a list of all of them. And then next to each one, dad had checked the little box that said, this is the one you need to work on. I mean, it cost less than a dollar per kid. And yet, Taken to heart, it was probably one of the most powerful gifts they've ever been given. Well, the three boys had to respond. Danny, the oldest, threw his down on the table. He had to have been like 16. Threw his down on the table and drawled out, Thanks a lot, Dad. I hope we didn't break your bank account. Well, that went over real well. Bobby, the middle son, he stood at his feet and said, Dad, thanks. I appreciate your thoughtfulness. Then he ran up to his room and called his girlfriend and said, You will not believe what my cheap, idealistic, stupid dad just did. Eddie, the youngest boy, studied the page very carefully. He thought, What a treasure of information to a man who really has been successful in his life. No one but my dad could compile this. He, he got tears in his eyes and he, he thought about the hours of labor and thoughtfulness that, the, that dad had picked out each one for each son just perfectly. He reached over and hugged his dad and said, Dad, I will cherish this as long as I live. And he left the table. Now I will tell you that, that the boys did receive other gifts too later on. But dad just wanted to give them that first because he wanted to see how they responded. All three of the boys received the same gift. All three boys said thank you. One of them said thank you with open bitterness, but he still said it. Sort of like Jimmy Stewart. One said the thank you with obvious hypocrisy, running up and telling his girlfriend something opposite, but he said thank you. And the third said it with genuine thanksgiving. They all gave thanks, didn't they? They all gave thanks. Or did they? By the way, Eddie, the youngest, he studied his list, and he began to work on what his dad had had told him. He now is the president of one of the largest corporations in America. And the other two who just couldn't handle it, they uh, have struggled with mediocre existences and keep battling the same character flaws over and over and over in their life that their father had pointed out to them years and years before. We have a loving father who sometimes does the same kind of thing for us. He wants to see our reaction of thanksgiving and gratitude because it says a whole lot about our character and perhaps about the character God is trying to build inside of us. Some of us have learned like like Danny, the oldest, did by saying, well, praise the Lord anyway. In other words, gee, God, thanks thanks a bunch. Thanks a lot, God. (laughs) That phrase bothers me because it's so like in God's face, isn't it? Oh, I don't understand, but just thank you, God, anyway. I'm sure God goes, you're, you're welcome. You're, you're welcome, sir. That's, that's, that was really sweet. It's really almost blasphemous when you think about it. But others of us have learned to go through the motions like Bobby did. You give thanks externally at church, and then you complain every day about what happens in your life. We complain daily. I don't say you do it. We do it. We give thanks externally but we spin the venom on people who probably need to hear it the least. Then there are a few others who seem to have learned the secret of being thankful in every circumstance, realizing that God is building something inside of us. He's not trying to just get us to respond to something. He's trying to build something on inside of us, something that will give us constant peace and be a witness of what God does in people's lives. How can you praise God when you're like angry? How can you praise God and thank Him when you're discouraged? How can you praise God when you just lost your job? Isn't that hypocritical? How can you praise God for parents who've basically ruined your life? Isn't that that ridiculous? How can you praise God at a funeral? How can you? How can you praise God when your children are in the process of breaking your heart? How can you praise God honestly in the middle of a really bad marriage? How do you praise God? Isn't that phony? Does that just seem phony to us to do? The problem is, most of us have never learned the secret of literally living in constant praise. And, and thanksgiving to God. And that is something the Bible tells us. We are so focused on the circumstances around ourselves that our prayers, though we don't say them, are very much more like Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart's. Very much more like his prayer. God, really this is all about me, but we tip our hat to you anyway, thank you. <clears throat> Jimmy Stewart's prayer is not far off from ours when we think about it. There are those times that we are thankful when we feel thankful. Sometimes that's it. If we feel thankful, that means we're not a phony. That usually comes after some great spiritual experience like maybe a a 30 days of gratitude series or maybe a a great praise and worship song that just moved us and makes us want to throw our hands up and say, God, I thank you, or, or maybe a a miracle that's happened. It's real easy then to say, thank you, God. We feel it. We feel this thing of gratitude. It's not hard at all. Sometimes there are times that we can only be thankful when there's something, some circumstance that we can thank God for. Like maybe we just got a raise. Oh, man, I'm thankful for that. Or we just missed a wreck where we could have been hurt. Or perhaps... God demonstrates himself in a way we weren't expecting and it's all oh, God thank you, thank you Lord, thank you for that. I remember one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite stories was, there, there was an incredible uh, guy here, his name was, we called him Mush Malden. Some of you remember Brother Mush and Sally. The Malden's, they were, they were uh, faithful in the house of God and <laughs> we, uh, Sally had had some test run at the doctor and uh, we, I was down at their house and uh, And he got a phone call and they said, the tests are fine. And Brother Mush goes, praise the Lord, threw his hands up right into the ceiling fan. (laughs) Got his hand caught up in the ceiling fan and he went to the emergency room. (laughs) To be thankful and in a really great circumstance, it's really not difficult at all. It's those adverse circumstances, circumstances that make no sense at all. For us to keep a sense of thanksgiving and praise, that's when it's difficult. That's when it's really difficult. You know, we, we, we say the blessing or grace. I, I, growing up, we never called it, say grace over the food. If my dad had said, Mark, would you say grace? I would say grace. We said the blessing. I don't know if we're blessing it or whatever, but we would say the blessing. You would ask the blessing. You'd say the blessing. And um, have you noticed that we'll we'll thank God for the bounty, but we won't thank God for, like, liver or, you know, whatever we don't want to eat. We don't name those things out. In fact, sometimes we've seen it in our children as they were growing up. They look at the stuff on the table, wonderful food, healthy food, and you see their lips going, ugh. Will you say the blessing? And they go through the motions, and you know the heart is going, I cannot believe they did this to us again. We're always thankful for roasting potatoes and chocolate cake, but are we thankful for the rest of it? Now, the key of what I'm talking about is really in the, the simple scriptures I read before. And I want to take those one at a time and just see if maybe God can speak to us this morning about it. Verse 16 simply says, Rejoice always. King James says, I think, rejoice evermore. Rejoice always. Or like the Message Bible says, Always have joy. Always be filled with joy. That sounds really impossible. Not because of the word joy, but because of the word always. That sounds really, really hard. Really, very, very difficult. Always be a person with joy dripping out of your heart, out of your mouth, out of your words, out of your body language. Always be that way. Always. 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 Unlikely. I, I, think of, um, when I think of joy in someone's life as positive, always looking on the good side joy. I think about um, Peggy's aunt. We, we call her Aunt Bappy. What was, what was her real name? Bess, Bess, I think. Bess, I think. But Aunt Bappy is what, what everybody called her. And when we first got married, uh, we went up there to in South Carolina to where some of her family lives. And we met Aunt Bappy, or I met Aunt Bappy for the first time. And Aunt Bappy was going to take us to get a wedding present. So we were downtown Florence, South Carolina. We were walking along. She's an older lady, you know. She's got her, got her purse. And she's just walking along with a smile. And we're, we're on each side of her. And you know, we're short, but we're taller than Aunt Bappy, and we're, we're going along down the sidewalk, and, and you know one of those, those alleys that, that, like, go across the sidewalk because the sidewalk, like, goes down to where you can get on the road, and it's, like, between two buildings, and it's a one-lane alley? And you got to be careful that somebody can come scooting out of there while you're walking down the sidewalk. We're walking down the sidewalk, and right as we got there, this ugly green Volkswagen just goes zoom, out right in front of us, almost hit Aunt Bappy, just right out and on the street and up, and I was incensed. Some young whippersnapper driving that, uh, I hate that word, whippersnapper, <laughs> driving that Volkswagen, that ugly green Volkswagen, and he it, it takes off there like, like he's on his way to lunch. Forget the old lady. And I was about to rail against him in complete justification for being angry. And Aunt Bappy goes, isn't that a pretty colored car? And Peggy looks over at me and says, I told you. She had told me there's nobody like Aunt Bappy. She's always happy. She's always full of joy. I'll be honest with you. Mark Sims has not been that all his life. Always be joyful has not always been it for me. I remember a a little kid one time that was playing with Lindsay, one of Lindsay's friends, asked me at the door, like kids will say anything. They say, Mr. Sims, yes, why are you always got a frown on your face? (laughs) I don't always have a frown on my face. Yeah, you do. And I'm going, is something wrong with my face? And, you know, I go and I ask my family, they go, well, sometimes you look rather intense. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm not going to look so intense anymore. No, really. Joy comes from God. Joy is this inner confidence that we can view life from God's perspective. And when that happens, there is nothing... Nothing, no circumstance, nothing that can rob us of our joy because joy didn't come from us. It comes from God. It comes from Him. Living in divine gratitude is recognizing God's joy, not ours. His joy means nothing can rob you of joy. There should be nothing, no kind of power that can rob you of that. God injected into every circumstance brings joy. Boy, it's hard to learn that lesson. Now look at verse 17. Pray continually. Wow. That's easy. Another impossibility, right? I I love the way he's using these superlatives. Always, continually, and it's things that are really hard to do. Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Whoa. Uh, You know, you, you teach that lesson. I had a... A young man, a fantastic young man who's still a fantastic young man. Some of you know him, Carl Nicholson. Carl was in Master's Commission. He was here about four four years. And Carl's just an incredible young man. He's, he's an Army Ranger now serving God at the same time. Incredible guy. But Carl was one of those guys that really took the Word of God so literally. I'm talking literally. And Carl, Carl wanted to pray continually. And so you would go up to Carl and 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 talk to Carl like stand up here a minute, Casey. And and uh, Carl, I would like be saying, Hey Carl, I want to talk to you about something. He'd say, Yeah and then he would start going, Lord Jesus, I just pray and I would go, Carl, whoa, 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 Carl, listen. And he was going, Jesus, Jesus. And he was like talking while I was talking. And I would go, Stop it. He goes, The Bible says pray continually. <laughs> Carl, you're not listening. Thank you, Casey. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pray continually? I, I finally said to Carl, Carl, look. Read the Bible. Did Jesus do that? Do you see Jesus every time somebody somebody talked to him? Do you hear, see him saying, oh, the Father in Jesus' name. Or praying in tongues. He used to do that too. Pray in tongues. i like, why? You're talking to him. He's going, <laughs> Later on, Carl said, <laughs> Pastor Simpson, I'm so sorry. I realize that it doesn't mean you move your mouth all the time. <laughs> It means that there's part of you that's always always communing with God. You're letting God speak to you whenever He wants to speak and, and you're letting your heart be open to God all the time. There's something about praying without ceasing or praying continually that doesn't mean say prayers continually. Remaining in constant communication with the Holy Spirit is again the process of injecting God into everything. Injecting Him into everything. That that means bringing God our needs, our questions, our shortcomings, our failures, whatever. Whatever, during our daily life, 24 hours a day, God is injected into it because we've always got our antennas with the Holy Spirit tuned. Now, look at verse 18. This is, this is the, the real one. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Make every day Thanksgiving day. Paul sort of summarizes this little list of impossible things. Always be happy. Always be joyful. Pray always. And now, (laughs) always give thanks. Always have a thankful heart. My goodness, I think that may be the most difficult one of all. Um, It's almost like the Apostle Paul is saying, here are three spiritual cliches that I think I'll throw out here because I need three points in my sermon. Always be joyful. Always be prayerful. Always be thankful. Write a song about it. Why would God, why would God demand so much of us run-of-the-mill Christians? Why Why wouldn't He say, you know, let joy creep into your life every once in a while? Or, Make sure you pray every day. And then maybe, maybe learn to be thankful over a period of time. Well, that's sort of what happens to us. But that is not exactly what the Word says. He says, and he ends it like this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh, yeah, that's great. That does it. Now, if you want to be in God's will, you've got to do all three of these things, like pray all the the time. Be happy all the time and always give thanks if you're going to be in the middle of God's will. Because that's what God's will is for you. No questions, no, 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 no other statement to be made. And so I'm screaming, somebody help me! I don't understand how this can be. Let, let's look at it. In everything, give thanks. Notice what the preposition is there. It's not for everything, give thanks. It's in everything, give thanks. In, the preposition in, those of you know, anything about uh, prepositions? It's called a locative preposition. I bet everybody knew that. Locative means it locates something. It's the location preposition. It tells you where you are when you're supposed to give thanks. Where are you supposed to be? In the middle of wherever you are. In the middle of your circumstances. In the middle of it. Give thanks. It positions you there. You could almost interpret it like this. In spite of everything you're going through, give thanks. Ah, now that hits me where I am. In spite of everything, can I not do I praise God for this illness? No, I'm not going to say thank you, God, that I'm ill. Some people say do that. I say don't do that. I'm not thanking God that I'm sick. I'm thanking God in the middle of my sickness because he is my healer. I'm thanking God that he is with me in the middle of this thing. He didn't cause it. He's with me in the middle of it. He's locating me. In everything give thanks is God's GPS locating you right in the middle of what you're in. Be thankful. Be thankful for what? Whatever you need to be thankful for. Now, it isn't the old thing of can I praise God for this crisis I'm in? Can I praise God for this setback, this sin that I just committed? No. Praise God. God, I thank you that I just sinned. I can't do that. People do that sometimes. You know, I was a drug addict for eight years. I want to thank God. I know God. It was God's will that I would be a drug addict for eight years so that I could minister to people. God was not happy that you were a drug addict for eight years. But in the middle of that, you called on God and God was there for you. And I can look back and say, look what God has used in the dumb decisions I made. He didn't make me do it. But in those things, in the middle of that circumstance, in spite of the circumstance, I can rest now because God is with me in it. That ought to set us a little bit free. We don't thank him for things. We thank him in the middle of things. We thank him for things when we can think up really great things. But what about when you don't think up great things? What about if you're like Jimmy Stewart and you're going, as far as I can see, we did all the work. (laughs) So I'm going to say thank you because my wife who passed away said I had to do this, but I'm really not very thankful. That's really what, what our natural man says, but people of peace learn to be thankful in every circumstance. So we say where are we going to give thanks? We're going to give thanks in our in the middle of our circumstances, but we have to ask what circumstances. Well, the answer is all of them, everything. Not the one that, not the one that like we agree with circumstance, but all of the circumstances. Um, a, a friend of mine uh, had had lost his job. And it was, it was during a rough time for finding jobs. It was actually in the, in the 70s. The economy was pretty bad in the mid-70s. And, and he, he was trying to find a job, and he couldn't find a job anywhere. And um, he went down to Mobile, and there was, a, there was a company that had talked about hiring him. And they sat down, and they talked to him, and they offered him a job. And he was thrilled, and he accepted the job. And um, the guy says, well, you need to come down in, in a week, and we'll finalize everything and sign all the contracts. And he came back and told us about it, and he was so excited and, we didn't like it. He was moving out of town. But, hey, we were glad he had a job and his family was going to move. And, and he went back down there to sign everything. The guy across the table to him and says, I am sorry. I am not going to let you sign this contract. He said, what? He goes, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't let you do it. Why? I can't tell you. I'm just not going to let you do it. Well, he was devastated. He came home and said, I thought God had answered my prayers. And he was just devastated until he found out just a little later on that that company had already planned to declare bankruptcy in about a month and he just wasn't going to do that to that guy's family and and looking back he goes wow God was really watching out for me and I came back cursing God for not giving me the job wow in the middle of all those things he was devastated but you know what his wife said she said I remember I remember when when the guy says I'm not going to I'm not going to hire you I'm just not going to do this to you she said, in my you Remember what I said? Joe, remember what I said? Yeah, you said, "Thank you Jesus." He said, "I thought you were just being I thought you were just being spiritual." She says, "No, honestly. My heart said, "God, you have got to be in this somewhere." I think she learned the secret. In everything, give thanks. There's absolutely no crisis no trauma, no person, no incident, no circumstance that can come into your life that will make this commandment of God null and void. In every circumstance, give thanks. Not for it, but in it. In every circumstance, give thanks. Now what are we supposed to do? Give thanks. Let's look at that part of the verse. Give thanks. Give, that's an act of your will. Give is an act of your will. And the word thanks the definition of the word thanks is to show gratitude, not to feel it, to show it. Thanks is not something you don't have thanks on the inside. You give thanks. You express thanks with your words or your actions or whatever. You show that expression of thanks. In this case, we're to do that to God. It's pretty easy to thank God for obvious stuff. Health, abundance, provision, love, safety, miracles. It's not terribly easy to thank God for in the midst of things that hadn't panned out the way we want, like disappointments and sorrows and things. But it is really difficult to thank God in the middle of bad stuff, like pain, hurt, loss. Yet, listen, if we learn to inject God into every situation, by being grateful to Him, He will be freed to make all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to His purpose. One of my favorite stories is the story of Corrie ten Boom. Some of you remember Corrie ten Boom. Some of you have no idea, but she was a, a, a Dutch lady who was taken and put in a Nazi concentration camp during World War II for helping the Jews. She was the one that That provided a hiding place in her house. And uh, she and her sister Betsy were taken to the Robinsbrook Brook uh, concentration camp. And I remember in the book, one of the most moving scenes, and some of you saw the movie as well, that uh, they were lined up uh, and the, and the, um, uh, she, oh, no, wait, first of all, they were in their bunks and her sister Betsy said, I just read in the Bible, in everything, give thanks. And Corey said, I am not going to be thankful for these fleas. I am not going to be thankful. I am not going to be thankful for fleas. She was talking about lice and fleas that were in her hair. And Betsy said, in everything, give thanks. She was going, (laughs) she found herself in a line and the The guards had flea powder (laughs) that they were dumping on their heads. And as they walked through, Betsy in front of her, when the the German lady put the flea powder on her head, she said, thank you. And Corey thought, grief, you're unreal. After the war, she found out that one of the reasons that she and her sister had not been sexually molested over and over was because they had fleas and lice. She said the whole time God was taking care of them. In everything give thanks. Now look at how this verse ends. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When you don't know God's will, when you don't see things clearly, when things don't make sense in the midst of your confusion, in the midst of your disappointment, in the midst of your personal failure or your hurt or your pain or whatever, inject God into it. Inject God into it. Inject God into that situation. And the best way to do it is to give thanks. James 1, 2 says, Count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. By always rejoicing, by always praying, by always giving thanks, we inject God into every situation. It's a great way to live 30 days of gratitude is not a way to live once a year for 30 days. 30 days of gratitude would be better spoken 365.25 days of gratitude. It's one of the greatest treasures you can give yourself, your family, and everyone who touches your life. And it might be as it should have been for the Bailey boys, the most powerful step you could ever take in living your life in the divine will of God. I'm going to ask uh, musicians to come, if you will. I'm going to, this is going to be an unusual, uh, unusual day for our altar call. I am going to ask our prayer team to come and and stand at the front. I'm going to ask you if you will just come on now if you'll come and stand with me and share. I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to feel free to come to this altar whether you want to speak with someone or whether you want to Whether you want to just come and stand before God. And I want you to locate your place. I I want you to use that that locate, (laughs) locate in everything and decide where you stand with that. Locate yourself in that. And perhaps you want to come and say to someone here, or maybe you just want to come and say to God, God, I really want to live that kind of life. I really want, those sound so far from me right now. Rejoicing always. Always praying and everything give thanks. But God, that's where I want to live so much in my life. I want to live there. God, help me turn these 30 days into 365 and one-fourth days. Let me turn that today. Lord, help me do it. This is an invitation for you to come, get someone to agree with you in prayer, or possibly for you to come and just tell God, God, I want to make a commitment to you. Help me do this. I want to be this person. For once in my life, I want to live this way.